Hello and welcome back to Swinging at Shins, a Premier League podcast. Back after a very brief hiatus, it had nothing to do with the fact that both our teams lost to City in that time. That was just a happy accident. <laughs> but we're back now. Life hasn't slowed down, but we wanted to record anyway, so here we are. Mm-hmm. Aaron, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine today. Uh, not braving this ice element that we're getting in the Northeast. Allegedly. It ain't, it ain't out there yet. True. It happens when it happens. You know, for a bunch of Northeasters, everyone around us sure likes to freak out whenever there's a possibility of snow in any way. Well, what else is there to talk about? (laughs) Uh, Premier League football. See? For those of you who may be new, this is not a weather uh, podcast. This is a podcast about the Premier League. We are swinging at chins. We are a little spinoff of Wicked Good Sports. Um, you can find us on Instagram, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on TikTok for as long as that remains legal. Um, <clears throat> can't find us on Twitter because you know, who does Twitter anymore? Maybe. But anyway, uh, all the links for the description for that will be in the below, as well as links to take you to our um, parent site, Wiki Good Sports, where you have a show called The Villa Villa. Yes, I do. And I have a show called The Way West Stand. Yes, you do. As well as... We're getting ready for baseball season, so around the diamond will be back. Um, talks about you and I possibly doing a whole uh, world baseball classic, a little spinoff podcast that could be we'll a lot see of fun. How that goes, yeah. That's coming up. Yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah, we'll quick. see how that goes. I might be <laughs> moving into a house and also having my second child all at the same time. Plus so who the heck knows what's gonna wife happen? and then you know yeah There's, yeah having a kid's weird, man. Like you have more time. In less time at the same time. (laughs) But anyway, we are talking about the Premier League and we have two-ish match weeks. This season's so screwed up. There's no actual nice delineation anymore. But we have two match days to go over. So let's get right into it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Big thing that happened when we were supposed to record last week, didn't end up happening, was City beat Arsenal. It was a 3-1 win at the Emirates. They are the first team to beat Arsenal at the Emirates in like a year or something. Mm-hmm. Fortress Emirates was not there. However, and we're going to get into it. I, I don't know. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I got to save my time. We got to keep going. Um, <laughs> that victory brought City level with Arsenal on points and mm-hmm. ahead on goal difference. And the Wicked Good Sports chat needs to just chill out. Good God. Hitting a bunch of pings. Yes, my wrist is just going crazy. <laughs> Mute all things for at least an hour. Oh, you oh, should put in this too. Come on. Yeah, well, it, you Guys, can't. It's, it's, an, be hour a long it's an hour or eight. Oh, buddy. Anyway, um, so for the first time since, I don't know, like the beginning of the season, Arsenal was not on top of the league. <clears throat> that changed quickly. We'll get into that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, United continued to take care of business both at home and in Europe. Uh, mm-hmm. Victory with Leeds and Leicester, as well as a well-played draw against Barcelona at the Camp No. I thought they did very well. Yeah, United no, looks um, dangerous. Rashford looks incredibly dangerous. He certainly does. He's not a striker. Casemiro could take another three match day vacation, and that'd be okay. Uh, well, I think they would like to have him back. Speaking of people who would like to be in any position than they're in right now, Chelsea's woes have continued. Mm-hmm. Bad draw against West Ham. Even worse loss against Southampton, who are still bottom of the league, even though they beat Chelsea. So, yeah, eight, 20th with 18 points. 
That'll do it. I just looked it up. Yep. Um, Everton managed a good one against Leeds, who are now just fledgling. Like, they're all over the place. Um, Mm -hmm. Not saying that Jesse Marsh would have kept them out of relegation if he had stayed, but you're not getting that temporary new manager bounce I think you wanted. Nope. Um, Everton are now 16th in the table. Sean Dyche doing Sean Dyche things. Now, that's one point above relegation. That's how tight the bottom of the table is. Uh, Arsenal and Villa played. It was full of drama. Arsenal came back twice in the match and finally winning it off the head of Emmy Martinez. Once a gooner, always a gooner. You knew what he was doing. Yeah, Aaron's like, I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm not anyway, <laughs> for our thoughts on that, because he's going to have to be interested in a little bit, the second we're done recording this, we are recording a special joint Villa Villa Way with stand episode where we're going to discuss that match in brutal, brutal depth, mm. including how good Ollie Watkins was and Coutinho finally yeah. scored for like the first time in, I don't know, three years. So no, good things cool. happen for Villa. Yep. Uh, Liverpool win at the Merseyside Derby, and they beat Newcastle. Both of them are 2-0 victories. Liverpool figured out their defense. No, they didn't. They just got – it was Carpet five cold. they let in? Five, yeah. With From Real? And I get it's Real, but, like, it was – oof. It was bad. It was a bad five. Liverpool somehow are still statistically favorites to nab the fourth spot. No. That's how Spursy people think they're going to be. And Newcastle is starting to drop off. Yes, I understand. They that. did lose to Liverpool. They're not looking that great. I need them to look good against City, but <laughs> good luck with that. Who knows? They, Any, go ahead. They did sit. Uh, City are currently sitting. Was it Laporte, De Bruyne, and somebody else for the UCL today? Yeah, which they're, and they're up. Winning. Yeah. I mean, and, and I understand they are sitting those people, but their starting lineup is Hold Holland, Mares. Hold on. Their future center back, Gardiaval, just scored. Garvaldi. Nice. So Nice. The uh, true player of the tournament at the World Cup, if you ask me. Yeah, uh, better than uh, Enzo. He just happened to be on the winning Argentinian club. Anyway, to your point, they sat all those people. But their starting lineup is still Holland, Mares, Gundogan, Grealish, Silver, Rodri, Walker, Diaz, Akanji, Ake, and Ederson. You should be beating Leipzig. Or be. at least be competitive. Which they're being competitive. Gavardi all did score, and that's a wonderful thing, but watch mm-hmm. VAR take it back. I'm, anyway, I'm at it. <laughs> let's oh, get it out of the way. Let's get it out of the way right now. City versus Arsenal. Uh-huh. I did not like. No, sir. That was a no. bad way to have the middle of the week happen. That was a, um, a replay. Not a replay. Um, it was a makeup. That's it was a makeup from a long, long time ago. Yep, yep, yep. Um, uh, truth be told, I actually didn't get to watch this game. Which... We get into it, and it it's going to feel like same old Arsenal. And, yes, we have not beaten City in the Prem in a long, long time. In fact, the only place we can beat City is if we make it to NFA Cup semifinal, then we beat them at Wembley. We've done that (laughs) twice in the past, like, five or seven years. But that's Mm. it. We lose every other way. Well, you just got to play in a bigger stadium. Well, 
I mean, maybe. Like, <laughs> it's got to be 80,000 or out. Yeah. Arsenal had 64% possession. Uh, expected goals 1.64 to City's 1.8. Arsenal had one more shot with 10. City had six big chances, while Arsenal had three. Um, Arsenal had more than double the accurate passes at 435. They mm-hmm. committed less fouls. They weren't offside once. Corners were one to two. Well, this is one of those matches where they were, I watched a little bit of the TFO podcast, and one of the guys, not JJ, but the other guy whose name always escapes me when I try to bring him up, was talking about, you know, this could be a very different conversation we're having, you know, if Arsenal doesn't get the lucky bounce off Emmy's head and City hold on against Forrest. Now Forrest, you know, or Arsenal even lose against Villa mm-hmm. and City win. Look at how different this is going to be. And all I can think is that is exactly true and exactly how I feel about this Arsenal-City match. For the first 60 minutes of that match, I really think Arsenal, I don't know if they were the better team by a wide margin, but I think they were a better team. I think Silva fouled Saka very hard a couple of times. One of them, I think, was one of them, I think, should have been an advantage and let the play go on. Ake did it a couple times too. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was just one of those where Arsenal was playing well, not getting the final ball, which was an issue. And the first goal was a Kevin De Bruyne amazing goal. But the only reason why it happened is because the ball literally rolled, and I have not seen Tommy Austin yeah. make a issue like you know make this mistake once. But it rolled off his ankle when he was trying to pass back to uh, <clears throat> Ramsdale. It just rolled off and ended up in no man's land. And Kevin De Bruyne was already sprinting and had the acceleration and looped it over, and it tucked right inside, and it was great. I think the penalty against Saka by Ederson was a penalty. I think the only reason why anyone is saying that it wasn't was because it was by a goalie, but he did not even attempt to go for the ball. He jumped into him with his arms out like this and just went, oh, man, I hope I do something, and he got all Saka and none of the ball, and that was it. There was a penalty shout later in the match, Mm -hmm. but at that point it had started to get away, and it was two quick city goals. Is this what it was? It was. They tend to do. They stack goals, they bury you real quick, which is and it, to a point, uh, you know, against the run of play in a lot of ways. 3-1 is not flattering. to. I think it's flattering to City. 3-1 is not flattering to Arsenal. Um, I do not think this match should have been 3-1. In fact, fairness would probably have been a 2-2 draw. And the expected goals say that. Yeah. Maybe a 2-1 loss. You know, I'm not saying... What? About the essery that uh, Ederson tried to do for Saka on that PK. Oh, that was amazing. I know we just. That was amazing. No, no. Thank you for reminding me because I definitely would have brought that up. Oh, man. Arsenal's played twice since this match, guys, so I don't have like everything. But what he was just pointing. Yeah. Okay. I'll put it there. (laughs) Yeah. Saka put it exactly where he was pointing, which I think is funny. And I. I know Ederson's trying to get in his head, but that's where Saka has put his last several PKs. I guess he should have put it there. And it's like you're pointing to what – yeah, he has to know where that is. They have cheat sheets on, you know, where tendencies are for 
PK attempts. It was exactly like the one that Sokka scored against Allison. And Allison got his fingertips to it. But it's right in the corner, and it's so hard you're not going to get to it anyway. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't know. I, I feel hard done, and in the moment, I was not a happy boy. I feel like if Troussard had started that match, maybe we get an early goal. And if we don't let up the Kevin De Bruyne goal, I think this is a very different match. Yeah, that one's that one that mistake in particular kind of I don't want to say set the tone because they didn't. There wasn't really a tone set from that. They picked themselves up, but it definitely helped yeah. giving away a goal. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. I, I Arsenal needs to be commended a lot because. If we were playing that well, and we had the ability at times to play that well last year or mm-hmm. two years ago, we could never hold it for long, but we had the ability to do that. If Arsenal had played that well and let that goal in, we would have lost this match 4-0. Probably. And this time, we came back, drew, you know, drew a penalty, scored, had it 1-1 at the half. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the second half didn't work out the way we wanted, but we looked like such a better team. And then the whole Brentford thing happened, which I don't even have on my notes, but thank you, VAR, for that. We'll probably get into that when we get into the whole VAR thing. We're late to the party with that, but we have to talk about it. Yep. Um, And then they were down twice to Villa on the weekend and came back and ended up winning. But the mentality that Arsenal has right now is amazing and just light years ahead of where we were. And a a lot of it is Arteta, but a lot of it is the players that we went and got. Yeah, well, setting the tone, building the blocks that they needed to, you know, the Lincoln Logs were set. There, there's a lot of ways where the Jorginho thing I absolutely love. I love Jorginho signing. And not just because – and he didn't score, but not just because he had that wonderful kick against Villa. But he is he is that mentality guy. And it's just another voice. It's a new voice. It's a, yep. And he's constantly on top of people. In a way that I don't necessarily see Thomas Party doing. Now that's not his game. But when you're down party and everyone's already going, oh God, we're down party. And Jorginho comes in, who's statistically slightly better than Party this season. He's the wrong mm-hmm. side of 30. But then he also has the mentality that he has where he gets everyone focused again. I don't know. Good times for Arsenal. And to be able to say that after a five-game stretch where Arsenal won, I think only one of them is yes yeah last five games arsenal have won only one match and i still think it's an incredibly good stretch i would draft points to brentford off of a var bad decision but we Mm -hmm. are now the 20th team to drop points to brentford in some way so um moving on united have handled business with leeds and leicester rashford is really good still i think he's here to stay i think he's here to stay i hope so uh, also, think, ESPN FC, he is not a striker. No, not even a little bit. They should go to uh, Optics. They have all of their S together. And that's where a lot of people get their stuff information from. But uh, Opta, yeah. Opta. I was reading a lot about Rashford in this particular moment because he is one of the hottest names right now. <clears throat> I mean, he scored goals against Man U. Or, yep, he scored against Man U for sure. Barcelona. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, and what I'm going to gloss this, this overarching yeah. gloss. It 
came down to he's healthy. He's he's got a good run of play on his on the left wing. He's he's very much a cutting kind of attacker. Um and he uh I can't remember what else I put down. No, his box his the box present has been way more involved this season than last season. I think it was like uh one and a half box involvements last year. Uh this year's like up to three. His shots per game are up three, up to three. So everything has just been man you focal point. Yep, yeah, no, he's uh he's been great. I think that he is definitely the <clears throat> he is the face, but one of the things that's helping is I think to a point he was always this good. And yeah. Man U was just that bad for a little while. They were that dysfunctional. That's the better word for it. You know, Ronaldo, especially seeing as what's happened now. Mm-hmm. Yes, he had a good season last year, but we know how dysfunctional he can be. Um, I think Ten Hag coming in, I think Casemiro coming in, have solidified. You know, we talk about the wonderful things that those those locker room guys can do. You know, Zenchenko's, Jorginho's that we've been talking about. Yep. Casemiro's exactly that guy. And Ten Hag doesn't take anything from anybody. The thing that gets me so much about Rashford is you look at all these things, and it's it's like a it's like a horse or a cart. Maybe it's like a chicken or an egg. Maybe I'm putting the cart in front of the horse. I have been mixing metaphors all day. My mind is all. <laughs> over the place. Um, he has such confidence to just attack you. Yeah. And there are so many times, like that goal against Arsenal that he had, that was a right-footed, outside-of-the-foot, looping shot from like 25 yards out, and he just ran up and hit it. He didn't even think about it. Yeah. It just – and it was a beautiful of a goal. Yeah. And then the uh, he, he's got that wonderful mentality, that first goal against, I think, Barcelona. Garnacho was on the other side yelling pass, pass, pass. And the smart move probably should have been to pass. But his confidence is so good. He just slotted it in the side netting. That was it. Yep. You don't mess with um, a man when he's in form. This man is in form. So, yeah, you definitely don't want him second-guessing himself. I mean, I do. He can you never walk away bit. when you're on the heater. <laughs> Listen, we're taking gambling out of sports. You see that article today? No, come on. The government and the Premier League are going to apparently close to an agreement to have no more shirt sponsors be gambling. Whatever. I don't. Whatever. That's going to screw a lot of people over. Someone else will fill the void. Oh, well, I'm sure. But the problem is, is now like 60% of clubs are going to have to look for a new sponsorship. Well, including Villa next year. Yeah, I was going to say they – I don't remember what the sponsor is, but they're getting paid $12 million from them. It's a it's a betting – Oh, it's I know a, it's a betting one, but I just don't remember what the exact name of the betting is. I know yeah, a lot of people – I saw guys were upset. Like, it's 150 year. We're getting a new badge. I wanted it, but it's got betting on the front. And I'm like, what the fuck is a kazoo? Like, and honestly, I know what it is. It's a redundant question, right? But, like – if you had CarMax on the front, I wouldn't like it. You know? 
Yeah. It's like the, the old man United jerseys that had Chevrolet in the front. Those are disgusting. Oh, my God. Either say Chevrolet or put the logo, but do not do both. I think if they went with just Chevrolet or Chevy, just shorten it and call it Chevy instead of the logo. I never liked the logo on their jerseys. It looked awful. Well, because it was the wrong color. If they did what everyone else does where you, like, white it out, it could have looked really good. If you had a minimalist white Chevy logo. Yeah, well. Because what you want is something that catches someone's eye. And when someone goes, what is that? We're, we're not kidding. Can you even search for that, though? I guess you could just look up Man U jersey sponsor. There you go. It, yes. I mean, that, which is better after Kia changed their logo. Apparently, Google searches for KN car companies skyrocketing. <laughs> it couldn't see the eye. <laughs> I love well, it. it doesn't look like an A. It looks for all the world like a backwards end, like we're trying to be cool. Yeah, yeah. I it really see. does. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Newcastle. No, no, let's do Chelsea first. I want to do Chelsea. Okay, first. let's do Chelsea. I love talking about Chelsea. I know you do. What the hell? I mean, I love it. Where can I buy more? <laughs> but what is going on? How do you have 611 million pounds of players? And you can't, you can't, you literally can't buy a goal. Right now, Chelsea have more players than points. Yep. And more uh, players than goals. It had one goal. That yeah, this in this bad. recent run, in this recent run, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, Their last well, five: nil nil to Liverpool, nil nil to Fulham, one one to West Ham, one nil lost to Dortmund, one nil lost to Southampton. That's bad. The only team you've scored against is West Ham. So, what I want to say this is that. If you're a Chelsea supporter, you have to. Not look. too late to find Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. on Arsenal. <laughs> you have to look at the fact that Forrest went through the same exact growing pains. And I know I can hear it screaming, We are not Forrest, but you kind of are. He brought all of these players in, and they're brand new to the club. They're brand new to the country. They're brand new to every the coaching aspect, the, the stadium, the fans. They're entirely new. They have no idea what to expect. And to uh, just to add some credence to the you're essentially Forrest, on the first of the year, you drew 1-1 to Forrest, and Forrest have gotten points off City, and all you've done is get slapped by City. So, anyway, continue with your point. uh, They're going to have to go through these growing pains as Forrest did. The chemistry's not there. And I'll say it, the team cohesion's not there. You know, these players are going to have to learn each other. And it's, we now as, uh, you know, video gamers, um, we tend to think that we can purchase a player and then they'll fit right into the mold. Like it, that's not how that works. You have to like, you just have to, you know, I can't think of the right words right now, but you know, you're not, it's not a plug and place. It's not plug and play. 
Well, and I think I think so. And I agree with you. Sorry, I had a quick call, but I listened to everything you said, and I agree with you. I think what you're doing though is the the issue that Chelsea have right now is a it has been plug and play in the past. I mean, when Abramovich bought them and Mourinho came in and they bought all these guys and then suddenly they were putting up record point totals in the Premier. And that was like, I mean, that was like overnight. Um, so in Chelsea fans, a lot of them became Chelsea fans when that happened. That's what they remember. Um, I think the main issue is why did you do this? You were third last year. Mm-hmm. You're in the Champions League. You have good bones. Do you want to set yourself up for the future? Yes, you do not have to do it in a night. Rome was not built in a day. You're doing all these things. You're going to have financial fair play coming down on you. Or if you have done the thing with the contracts that you've done, you're just you're strapping yourself. Yep. You watch this happen in American sports all the time. There's only so much money you can have. And yes, you can forget what the word is, but when you spread out your um, payments over enough time, you can, you know, avoid financial fair play. But what happens when you need to buy someone else? You're still going to be hitting on the same years, right? So it's, it's not sustainable. It's sustainable if you win. And right now they're not winning. And the other thing that absolutely boggles my mind, I don't know if Bully is just looking at highlights from the middle 2010s and thinks that Obama Yang can be their savior and why I bought him. Why isn't he fine? But you just, you need, you spent all this money and the only striker you got is not necessarily Premier League ready. And you're not getting him till the summer. He does nothing for you now. Right. And right now you should be third again or fourth. You should be, Chelsea should be in a Champions League spot. Yes. If they didn't screw with everything, they should be in a Champions League spot right now. I understand that the beginning of the season didn't happen the way they want. Spurs is spursing it up right now. Liverpool has been dropping points all season. You know, Newcastle is now faltering. They should be right there to take it, and they're not doing it. And I think everyone's going, we spent $611 million, and I don't know why. Mudrick isn't even starting right now. Yeah, I saw that. He was on the bench, came off the bench. If you're, and this is one of the reasons why I didn't want Arsenal to get Mudrick when we were talking about 80 million, is because he doesn't start. Maybe sometimes over Martinelli, but when we're playing Man United or City or the North London Derby or when we go to Anfield, I'm putting in Martinelli and Jesus and Saka if everyone's healthy. Yeah. And Mudrick's not going to be in there. So you just went and spent 80 million dollars on a bench guy. That's I, that's not smart. So I want to bring up the the um, oh my gosh, we just his name just dropped out of my head. We literally just said it. The um, Mudrick. Nope. Coach Enzo. Oh, Coach. Potter. Nope. Other mid two thousands. Oh, Mourinho. Mourinho. Jesus, God, that just that hurt, guys. I'm sorry. You felt the pain through the waves. Guys, uh, there's a lot anyway, of life happening in both our lives right now. It's okay. Just he, he may not be a top. He's he's <laughs> anyway. a better coach. He's a better coach than Potter, and I think that he knew how to deal with the caliber of players that he was. He already knew how to deal with those types of caliber of players. 
Potter doesn't know how to deal with those caliber of players yet, or if he's given the time to even, you know, process what he has. So I think there's a little bit of a, a lag there. Mourinho also had a way of playing that was new and fresh and brought something to a otherwise somewhat stagnant league. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fair. And now, yeah. so, so now everyone has a new way of playing or everyone is perfecting the ways that we are. Mourinho came in when it was ripe for a change mm-hmm. and some teams got left behind. For a bunch of different reasons, but some teams that were at the top for a long time got left behind because they didn't handle the tactical change. Mm-hmm. And some older men had to be let go of their duties because they couldn't do it anymore. Yep. I, I do agree mm-hmm. with you. Marino is a better coach than Potter. I don't know anyone in the world who would say differently. And I oh, say God. that as a guy who puts on his Christmas list every year, Jose Mourinho's head on a stick because he absolutely drives me crazy. <laughs> How but he's so entertaining. Like he is entertaining, but he's also coached United and Spurs and Chelsea. How could I not hate the guy? I know. I understand from the fan base point of view, but, man, he's he's a gem. He's one of a kind. I think the other thing with Potter, and I've said it before, and I say it all the time at the beer garden, everyone likes to, like, oh, we have the team. We all grew up in the, you know, Sir Alex Ferguson, Arsene Wenger days, right? You have the team, and it's their team. And that's true to a point, but that's not how modern football is run anymore. We've talked about this with Pep, and it came up in – it's come up in both all or nothings with Man City and – and it probably came up in Spurs, but I can't think of it exactly – and um, Arsenal's where, Coach, what do you want? I need a guy who does this, and I like these guys. Cool, we're going to go try to get one of those guys or a guy like them. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. So I mean, we've brought it up here before. Yeah, I think I think what makes Brighton so good was everything about Brighton and not just Potter. I do not think Potter is a bad coach, Mm-mm. but and I don't I don't even mean like the backroom coaches because he took all the backroom coaches with him. Which and is what you it would, yeah, which is what you do. And it would say something more about how good Potter was if Brighton were. Falling off. Brighton are seventh with 35 points. They are equal on points with Liverpool. They are equal on goal difference with Liverpool. They are three points behind Fulham in six. They are six points behind Newcastle in a Europa League spot in fifth. Potter left them very early in the season. Yep. They have played more than half of this season without Potter, and that's where they are. This is a team that like almost didn't exist a little while ago. And now this is where they are. It's because the team's built correctly. You know, it's not, it's not just the coach. So everyone's trying to say, this is Potter. This is not Potter. To your point, you have all these, and I agree with you. I think you're a hundred percent right, but you bring all these people in and it's not plug and play. And I have 48 guys in my midfield and they all want to play. And they all want to get the ball to the guy who scores, and I don't have a guy who can score. So what am I doing? I'm destroying Kai Havertz's career by putting him up top yep. where he doesn't belong. And they send these lofted balls in, too. That Kai Havertz is just never going to head. Yeah, everyone well, he gets game. a good header goal, but that's like that's just because of the amount. I, it's just embarrassing to watch him try to whiff at these headers. 
I mean, they had... If uh, they only had Lukaku. Oh, wait. Honestly, <laughs> I, they would be two places higher in the table if they had Lukaku right now. That doesn't I, I, I think so. I know he had a horrible World Cup, but I'm pretty sure he was injured. And yeah, God, yeah. definitely out of form. Definitely yeah. out of form. But no, they're starting David Fofana, who's a 20-year-old Ivory Coast guy up top. He got he played 45 minutes. He was yep. subbed off in the 46 minutes yep. for Raheem or Wesley. And quite honestly, I that's another one of the kids. Yeah. Wesley Fofana. Um I'm not sure who played where after that. I did not actually have a chance to watch all of this game. Uh, um, I did, but when you <clears throat> when you go up against Southampton and you give a free kick away, that is oh my god, god. yeah. First off, if you're ever playing Southampton, do twenty four yards foul. out. Yeah, yeah. Don't foul no. twenty four yards away from the goal against Southampton. Don't do no. it. Yeah. You, if, when you do that, you know you have to score a goal. It's like taking a PK for at this point for James Ward-Prowse. It's oh, so impressive God. to watch. So it's good. so impressive to watch. Cannot wait to just, see where he goes. Uh, let's let's play that game. Where what? I know we said Liverpool first off, but what are you talking about? Where 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 would he play in Liverpool's wonderful midfield? That what's it? Conha? Someone on one football. Someone on one football was all like picked. It was one football, and it was the combined Liverpool Real Madrid, and it was all Liverpool midfield. And Modric won. I I'm not even gonna get Tony Cruz wasn't on there. (laughs) Yeah, what the hell? (laughs) Jerks! (laughs) You big dumb idiots! All right. Uh. Chelsea? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's too old to get eight years. That's the only reason why it's a no. <laughs> well, they could get him for cheap, though. All right. So, realistically, okay. realistically, I. Yeah, yeah. Not Arsenal, not City, not United. Maybe Spurs. I could see that. Maybe Newcastle. I could see that. I could see Fulham. I could see Brighton. I don't think he fits Fulham's midfield. Um, they have Paulinho is a pretty good uh, break up the lines kind of defender, uh, midfield defender kind of style. So I think they like that, and they already have Pereira, who controls that midfield pretty well. So I don't think Fulham would be a good fit for him. I got it. Go for it. Because they're staying up. He goes to Everton. Oh, now you're flopping. You're you're hopping the Everton fence. They no, went and got Dice. I don't think so. You don't think they're don't saying th- up? No, you no, don't no, think sorry, he goes sorry. to Everton? I don't. He cracked. I don't think he goes to Everton. Who do you think he you goes know, to? You know, actually. So James Madison's going to get sold. I was going to think Leicester. And too. then Leicester. I almost said Leicester. Um, Who do you, wait, where's where does James Madison go? Um, most beneficial, it's probably Liverpool. It's either going to be Liverpool 
I'm, I'm going to be play a bias, but we won't have enough money for him is Villa. I would love, absolutely love if we could get Madison. Um, you might have the money. There could be, yeah, when we sell any Martinez. Um, uh i don't know if i like the idea of him i don't know how long erickson's contract is so i don't know if that'll work i think he could probably go to city i think city would really enjoy having that type of creativity and he's an english player so it'll also help them in champions league for registration i think he's gonna take a look at calvin phillips and say i don't want to go retire or, well, Calvin Phillips has had a lot of injury issues. He had come back from – and also he gained a lot of weight. So Pep <laughs> didn't really enjoy that situation either. <laughs> um, All right. Ooh, you're going to hate it. Go ahead. Spurs would be another spot for them. For Madison? Yep. I could see it. The only reason why I'm not sure on Spurs is because Spurs is so – wow, Spurs is fourth right now. They overtook yeah. They overtook Newcastle by a yeah. point. Huh. They're stingy with their money, though, and that's my problem with Spurs. They spend yeah, their money I don't, I don't think I don't think that they would be willing to pay the, uh, the tax. They oh, need somebody, though. Plus. They need – they need creativity. And I think James Madison's the guy. Yep, but I don't know if they're going to be willing to pay the England tax. Oh, Speaking not. of England, let's get into my favorite thing in the world, every football fan's favorite thing about modern football. The thing that defines us as fans. VAR or VAR, the virtual assistant referee. Give me the VAR version right now because we all hate it. Oh. It's brutal. We went back to the Stone Ages. This is first season all over again. I, like, how are I you don't even this understand. inconsistent? How are you this inconsistent? I, all right, let's let's get into what I think is the most egregious one, and I think you're going to agree, even though it happened against my team. How do you not draw the lines? I you had one was worse. One job. I know, but like you didn't do your job. You didn't do the one thing you're supposed to do, which is to draw lines. That's it. That is your yeah. job description. No, it's right. No, it's fair. Now, was the Brighton one more egregious from a holy crap standpoint? Maybe. Because it was a very tight offside. And it's the type of thing that if the line judge doesn't get that. In you know the the sideline referee doesn't get that in the in the moment, yep. especially because it was a very pingy ball. If he doesn't get that, that's fine. And you know what? Quite honestly, I'm not even sure that that being uh, offside is really fair. It definitely not in the spirit of offsides. Mm-mm. But still, it should not have been a goal, and it was only a goal because you didn't draw lines. It's like the one thing you're supposed to do. So that's egregious. Walk me through the bright one again. Refresh my memory. Um, it was a pass. So it was working on the left side, and Asupinian is the guy who ends up taking the shot. Um, I can't remember if Matoma feeds him 
but it was extremely close. And I want to say they looked at the wrong person for offsides, and they should have been looking at Dunk instead of. Uh, yep, yep. I'm just looking Bettle. at this. Brighton, Purvis, as stupid. Stupanon was denied the opening goal at Crystal Palace for this offside decision. Oh, it was such a gorgeous goal, too. That's so yeah. sad. And that game ended up being a 1-1 draw. Mm-hmm. So that took away two points, potentially, depending on how that played out. But assuming we add a goal to the final score. Well, and it's definitely hard to think that the game wouldn't have been even more in Brighton's favor if they mm-hmm. had the opening goal. Right. You know, I mean, it's not it like it's not if this is a palace goal that was allowed to stand that shouldn't have. Yeah, the butterfly effect plays a little bit more, but this is the opposite. <clears throat> yeah. This one, they Serie A did this early in the season where <clears throat> they had a goal that was offside. It's yeah. called offside. And they like they zoomed in on the play and they drew the offside lines. Yeah. And they didn't realize that there was a defender that oh, was holding yeah. everyone on by the corner flag. Oh no. And they just screwed up and said, oh. no, not a goal. And it's just it's that's a big oopsie. But I I, the, I don't the, know the if problem, I would let that one go as much. The the as problem the with at least they drew a line. My only problem is they zoomed in, and now you're neglecting to look at anything except for that particular, you know, tunnel vision moment. So there, the, the first let, – let's do a brief history because I, I feel like to understand why we're where we are, we need to understand how video replay came to be a thing. Aaron and I are huge baseball fans, and – I remember when Yogi Berra died, there was a comic that came up where he met Jackie Robinson at the pearly gates. Mm -hmm. And the first thing he said was, let's go talk to God and see if you were actually safe. (laughs) Because there's a very famous play where Jackie steals home in a World Series. And it's, you know, Yogi's convinced that he isn't, he's out, but there's no video replay, right? And there's a grainy video camera from the stands you don't know. I've watched it a hundred times. Every time I look at it, I think he's out or I think he's safe. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's the perfect in-between play, right? So for the longest time, even if you had cameras, you couldn't play back immediately. And even then, it wasn't good enough. You couldn't know for sure. And then I think football started at first with challenges. Most likely, yeah, that sounds about right. And the reason why football started it with challenges is because there are no more TV cameras anywhere in the world for a square mile than there is for football. We have a camera that follows the water boy around on the sidelines. We love it. Because football stops all the friggin' time. Yep. And you have to fill all that dead air air with something. So we have all these cameras and refs would get stuff wrong because it's incredibly hard to get it right all the time standing on the field. But the difference was now we can see it. Now we can look at it from 37 different angles and know what actually happened. Mm-hmm. Then baseball started doing it, and I still remember the year that baseball it was. They implemented it in 2014, and I know I that. Was gonna say 2014 because in 2013 the Red Sox had the best record in the majors and went to the World Series and won it. But in a July night, they got overtaken by the Rays after they lost the game to the Rays in Fenway, mm-hmm. 
where the guy who scored in the top of the ninth for the Rays, I forget who it was, was clearly out. And you could see it from every single replay, but there was no way there was there was nothing there was no mechanism in place to say mm-hmm. we can't get this right. So yep. now the umpires have to deal with the fact that they got it wrong with a bunch of angry Bostonian fans, which is never where you want to be. No, God no. And they have no way to fix it, right? So now it's gone from a and this I'm building to something. We're working. Well, sometimes on it. I take a long way to get there, but it, this is the reason why. It's like building a trifle cake. We're working on it. The point I am trying to make is I love the idea of the spirit of the game. I'm the guy who says I don't want the robotic umpires because I like that you have to learn an umpire strike zone. Yes. I like the I don't like the idea of VAR coming in and blowing the whistle itself all the time because oh yeah. well I think that's a foul and you're down on the field and you didn't because some refs let teams get away with more and I think that that changes the way and I say that as a guy who supported a team that the game plan used to be just go batter them because they can't stand up to the physicality. Yeah. I still think it's a good aspect. But when it comes to certain plays, when everyone in the world is going to know what the true outcome of that play was in 10 minutes, you have to get it right. I do not care about the history. I do not care about the way things have always been. I do not care about changing. You have to get it right Mm -hmm. because if not you just have this happen where the pgmol which for anyone who doesn't know is a professional game match official something Mm -hmm. i almost had it i looked it up but anyway it's essentially the mlb umpires union but for uh match officials in england they are just taking referees and putting them in this highly technical situation where you have to be quick with a computer and a mouse mm-hmm. and they're just not built for it, which is where they're drawing lines on the wrong guys. And they're not even, they can't draw lines quick enough. And they're like, well, you know, we have to get an answer right now. No, you don't. This could literally have decided the title. That was two major points. If that went the other way, Arsenal would be up four points instead of two. Yep. That's one match day. You have to get it right. And I'd be saying it if it happened the other way. And my other argument is the clear and obvious error. I never want to hear that again in my life. It's like, for heard me, it two it's weeks in a row too. This it, is the worst. Oh my god, we hear it all the time. It's like but, it's it's like during the pandemic when everyone kept saying this is the new normal, and you just wanted to punch them in their nose. Nose, God, throat. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is pretty bad though. Like again, one job, draw lines. They messed up that. But I think what the problem was is uh my god, who was who was the match the air official Lee for Lee Mason? Right. I think there was he started to feel the time creep up. And this uh-huh. is not a really good excuse. But even I was like when I was watching this back, man, he's taking a lot of time to really look over this one particular area. And there was so much more that happened in that set piece that should have been looked at, obviously, uh, that he missed, obviously. It's embarrassing on his part. It's embarrassing. And the the time thing, we're not monetized yet, so fuck it. The time thing is bullshit. Because in the Leeds-Arsenal match at Ellen Road, it got delayed for like 48 minutes or something. 
because the power went out on the radio receiver for their ability to talk to each other. They still could have used hand signals to talk to each other if they really needed to. God, I watched that match too. I was like, are you kidding me? We're really doing this right now? So we'll delay a match for 48 minutes in the middle of it. We were like 12 minutes into the match and they delayed it for 48 minutes because of that happened. But we can't wait another two minutes to make sure that the proper lines get drawn. The other thing, going back, going back to my other thing, if something goes to VAR, yeah, it I not clear and obvious error. The guy with all the video screens needs to be the one who makes the decision, not the on-field ref. He has more information, and you never know how much bias is going to be played in by the ref. So it does take away at least the ref's decision now. He doesn't have to, you know, go to the video monitor, get heckled by both the fans and the players on the touchline, on the sideline there. So I could see that's a beneficial, uh, a beneficial mean. It also takes away clear and obvious. Yes, it does. The the only person in the world who thought that Manchester that thought that Rashford's goal or Bruno's goal against City was actually a goal was the referee on everyone in the world. But, like, I mean, I could have shown that to my dad who doesn't know anything about soccer, and he will still, he would have looked at me and be like, you can't do that, right? And I would have been like, no, you can't. Apparently you can, but you can't. Mm-hmm. And that that's that's my, that's that's my issue. It's, well, it wasn't clear and obvious. We're all looking at it. So the the you're you're making it so that the the price of admission to getting something overturned is that the referee really, really, really fucked up. Mm-hmm. If he just really, really fucked up, well, that's not clear enough. Clear like what does clear and obvious mean? In my opinion, uh, yeah, oh, it's well, like small means- crimes and misdemeanors. It it doesn't mean anything. It's whatever you want it to be. What's the definition of that? Nothing. What do you decide it is today? That yeah, okay. We can't we cannot have every single team play like this with rules that are what did you decide it was today? Mm-hmm. Not not when it comes to the VAR situation. If as a match day official, yes, you could you flex your own style of officiating. Not everything needs to be a red card. Not everything needs to be a yellow card. Not everything, not every foul has to come back. There right? was, hold on. I want to step to the red card for real quick. There was a player. Is this Kolo Moani? The Frankfurt? No, not not European. Uh, this Sorry, actually, that should not have been a red card. But anyway, what's your um, thing? This one was, oh my God, somebody got fouled way up the leg, almost towards the knee. Man, I can't remember which match it was because I crammed them all in. Uh, but it was only a foul. It wasn't a card. And studs hit him right below the knee. Oh, this was the Leicester City. This is United Leicester City. And it was yes. uh, Face. Faust Face, however you say it. The guy who was the Liverpool leading goal scorer in 2023 yes. for a while. That guy. Yep. Yes. And uh, he got 
clapped into the lower knee and the guy didn't get a red card for it. And that blows my mind because that should have been a red card. I don't care if it, if there was an intent behind it. And the You got to control your body uh, better. The commentators were like, oh, well, he didn't really go in with malice or he didn't go in, you know, with such um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, recklessness. Recklessness. It was slow-paced. No, That's you hit worse. him below the knee. You hit him below it's the knee. Worse. Oh, above the knee. Below. It was above I thought he came up and hit him. Okay, whatever. If it's slow pace, that's worse. And the Colo Moani one is definitely worse. That was Frankfurt in Frankfurt, Napoli. Yeah. And it was a coming together. And, yeah, it was a bad foul. And he stomped on the guy's ankle, but he also got the ball. Yeah, this like, guy didn't get the ball at all. It was just yeah. one of those, like, and that was straight red. And, no, nothing can be done about that. It's like, mm-hmm. Well, it's not clear and obvious here. No, nothing about the play was clear and obvious. He shouldn't have actually ended up fouling the guy as hard as he did. That normally doesn't happen. He was in control of his body. It was bad luck. There's nothing clear and obvious about it. But if you're going to give a red card for that, it better be clear and obvious. Yeah. So it's it's not even getting applied the same way, depending on how you're doing it. The whole thing's a mess. And people are saying, we we can't not have VAR. Because that's worse. Because then every time anything happens, people will say, well, VAR would have fixed that. That's the thing. So you have to figure out the best way to fix it. Here's an idea. When it comes to the drawing of the lines, why do you have some 50-year-old referee doing it? It's Anyone of- can draw lines. You're clicking pixels. Yeah. Have him looking over the shoulder to say, oh, yes, you did a good job. And probably, oh, my God, how did you do that that? <laughs> but these guys are getting paid how much money to do this this is Too much. i hate this so much oh well we're old yeah. i don't care if i am trying to drive a car from it. if i try to drive a car from new york to la and i don't know how to change a tire you're gonna say i'm an idiot but your job description that you get paid a ton of money for says you have to be able to draw lines on the screen and you can't do it that's on you yeah by the way i do know how to change a tire and a distributor cap Aaron can tell you yes this is factual <laughs> thank god i don't have that car anymore Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, thank you for like the I can actually say, hey, I got to change a distributor cap. That's true. Because <laughs> that was something I never thought I'd ever have to say in my life. You're welcome. I still remember when you told me, and I'm like, no, you don't. You're like, yeah, no, I have a distributor cap. I'm like, no, you don't. It's not the 60. Well, you did. <laughs> <That's> <sighs> 1999 Honda. 98. No <sighs> Well, it ran forever. And in fact, it probably would have run even longer if the previous shop hadn't screwed it up. This is factual. Anyway, um, what else do we have, have to talk about? Let's get off of our Merseyside Derby. I love your notes for the Merseyside Derby. First of all, even with Liverpool being as bad as it is and Everton being Sean Dyche, that's still kind of what I expected. Oh, boy. Yeah. Anyway, your notes your notes for the Merseyside Derby are amazing. Uh, what did I say? Oh, I hope you're able to watch it because this is probably going to be the last Merseyside you watch. Nah. I think so. Everton's staying up. They're still poo-poo. They are poo-poo. But the problem with relegation is there are so many bad teams. That's why they're going down. (laughs) They're going to get like 
So Dominic Calvin-Lewin's out this weekend, which is great for Villa because he's a very good aerial threat and Kanza and Mings are okay. Uh, that's beside the point. And Onana is all, also pinned to possibly be out, who has been a very good player for them. Um, I think it comes down to, honestly, uh, Onana playing. He is a he is a midfield general, and he controls the tempo in that Everton midfield. Actually, he just controls the whole entire, I would say, midfield to attacking part. He's he's been that good. You don't want to believe that Leeds is going to go down. Shut up, man. Let it be. But the problem I have, they just hired Javi Garcia. It's all fixed. Oh no, it's not. Not it's all fixed. The guy won. He, he won the Kupari. Okay, so when Le- he won in 2022 the trophy, whatever you win in Qatari. For yeah. for three or four weeks, I had to sell you no longer because the World Cup happened. Yes, it did. For like two months, I had to sell you on Lopateu for Wolves. Yep. And you're gonna jump on Garcia for Leeds immediate. You just don't want to believe it. Just you got rose-colored glasses. You look at the bottom four right now, Bournemouth, West Ham, Leeds, Southampton. I don't no, think you, it's going to necessarily be in that order, but it's going to be three of those four teams. You know why I'm really sticking on the uh, Everton train? It's because they just have always progressively gotten worse. Not and with it's Deich. been a long Not time Deich. coming. Now with Deich. I, it doesn't – Do they deserve to go down? Maybe. The, they're only been packing in the box. They throw. That's good enough to stay up. It's good enough to stay up. They're proving that they can beat the other teams they need to beat. They're not proving anything. They beat Leeds. Did you? They beat Leeds. Did you see how they beat Leeds? It. I don't. It doesn't matter how you. They don't ask how. They ask how many. Seamus Coleman took that shot, and he must have been like, "How the hell did that go in?" And I actually. It really comes down to Millier. Millier kind of pooped on that one. He he left at least a good five-yard box window open for Seamus Coleman to take that shot. But there's just it, they're it's getting still, too lucky. You have to beat not, them. You have no. Lucky. They're not too lucky. The other teams are that they're bad. Too lucky. They're that. All they're right. Let's let's look at their next matches. Villa. Villa haven't won in three matches. Villa. Always beats Everton at their house. after after Villa Arsenal at home. They've already beaten Arsenal this year. Well, that's just Nottingham Forest. Could be a tough match. Who knows? Yeah, it's gonna go draw. Brentford. Brentford's after good. Brentford, they have to play at Stamford Bridge. That's an easy three points. They're at home to Spurs. I'm just telling you, man. I I was on the Everton going down train for a while. But again, I think Bournemouth and West Ham and Leeds and Southampton, Leeds especially. I, I, I'm sorry, you guys, too little, too late. McKenney and Garcia are not going to keep you up. I say this with an American Outlaw shirt on. It's no. too little, too late. It's too little, too late. Patrick Bamford needs to get into the form. Maybe if Aronson was playing more, but. I, I don't even think it's Aronson at this point. I really think it's the fact that Leeds have been. They bundled themselves by not going out and getting a striker, a better striker, when Bamford has been down. Yep. Yeah. Well, and again, I've been talking about how I think Brighton's this good because of how well they're run. I think Leeds are this bad because of how poorly they're run. That's fair enough. All right. But um, still, this has been up. 
I don't care if you're prepared for it or not. No. We're doing our favorite segment. True, false. Hold on. No, stop, stop, stop. Stop. What? Breaks. What? Nate Jones got fired, and I would like to say that true, false that I had said two weeks ago came to tr- came to fruition. Okay. Okay. Whatever. So what does that do you're for so them? Smart. Yeah, I am. <laughs> For Southampton? Yeah, no, absolutely nothing, right? Just, Southampton's just, beating uh, Chelsea. When you talk about when you have to beat the lower half of the table, Southampton's out there doing it. Well. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. I don't know, like, if Chelsea – you asked me this a while ago. This isn't true false, but I'm going to answer this real quick. Sure. If Chelsea – you asked me a while ago if I would be okay with Arsenal winning the Champions League if it not Spurs won the Premier League. Oh, yeah. I said absolutely not. This is going to go down as one of the greatest seasons of all time for me. Like, if if Arsenal, hold on. Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to. That's an if. Big capital I, big capital F. If. If Arsenal, hold on. And Chelsea finish, like, 12th or lower. I don't know if you're ever going to be able to beat this season for me. Maybe if Tottenham ever get relegated. I don't think they will. <laughs> But it like a Tottenham relegation would be like the only thing that could possibly be better than how good Arsenal has been and how bad Chelsea have been. I don't and if Chelsea's not careful, they are three points ahead of Villa. Yep, for like and five points ahead of Palace. Yep. That I mean, I'm not I'm not sold on Palace, but I think Vieira is turning him around a bit. Uh, I am sold on Villa. I thought I think we're gonna get into it. I think the way Villa's played, Villa doesn't look good in this moment right now because of the quality of teams they just had to play. Yeah, they just got one-two punched really hard, mm-hmm. and quite frankly, that Arsenal match could have gone a different way very easily. And yeah. the second half of the City match, I thought Villa played really, really well. I think there was a they're lot a team on the up, but, but. There, there was a lot. It doesn't offensive. matter. It doesn't. And he's been letting up. Again, it doesn't matter if City let up. They still went out and played mm-hmm. to not to continue to try to win. That that's match that's, made in heaven, man. I'm telling you, match made in heaven. You got Yui, you have Villa in your name. Yeah, it's match made in heaven. It's gonna be it's great. True. Anyway, now for realties this time. Don't care if you're ready. I'm not. We're making it up on the fly this time. Oh, you are. That's funny. True. True false. false. I'm going to let you go first. Dude, I got a lot going on. No, no, that's fine. I get it. Life happens. So, Rashford will surpass Halan for the golden boot. Oh, 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 this is good. I like this one a lot. I got to look it up real quick. Uh, He's at 17, right? No. No, he's not. He's at 14. No. 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 But... It's he is he is going and this is like so this is the weird thing with statistics, right? Yeah, he is not going to pass Halan because Halan has 12 more than him now, and we're almost in March. But he will have been on a better pace than Halan for the majority of the season. The That's only reason why Halan has so many is because it was like hat trick, hat trick, hat trick, hat trick, hat trick. And Halan has really slowed down. Yes, he has. 
I'm going to, I'm going to, no, that's false, but I'm going to change it a little bit. Sure. Rashford gets the golden boot over Halan next year. That I will say true to. Okay, because Halan's going to be playing for Real Madrid because, <laughs> because City's going to get sanctioned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I do not know about that. Um, God, it is, it is insane. This is how good he has been. If you look up the Premier League stats on FopMob, top scorer, Halan, goals plus assists, Halan, goals per 90, Halan, expected goals, Halan, expected goals per 90, Halan, expected goals on target, Halan. Like, it just, it's like, it's just it's, a wall. And honestly, if it's not his face, you're looking at Kevin DeBrenner. Yep. Interestingly, though, FopMob rating, two yeah. people, this isn't true false, but I want to see if you're going to get this real quick. Sure. Two people are tied with a 7.9 and a 7.9 average rating. I'm going to give you number three with a 7.83 is Little Chili Bukayo Saka. Arsenal apparently offered a new contract to this morning. Good for him. Done. Can you name the other two? So they both have 7.9. Okay. One of their names has been said one time. And the other one we haven't talked about, and it's probably been a disservice that we haven't talked about this guy more. Um, seven point nine. Okay, so I'm gonna rule out anybody from Man U. Yep. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna rule out everybody else from Arsenal. I think it, I don't think it's another City player. Is it really a lot? Is the seven no. one of them? Who would you say was the third? Oh, Saka was the third. Um, this guy does not get enough love. So, who in City doesn't get enough love? Well, it wouldn't be De Bruyne. Plays in the midfield. Okay. Damn. No, people love Gunagan. Uh. Rodri. Ah, oh, that was gonna get there too. Rodri does not get enough love. He I is so Rodri. good. Ah. Yeah. He is so good and no one talks about him. No, because he does all the dirty work. He does all the like headache, like breaking up passages of play, and he's a very good player. This other player does something very similarly. Mm, doesn't play the same position though. So I'm not don't don't lean on that team. Don't much. lean on all right. Um and plays for a top five team. Um, I want to pick somebody from Newcastle. And you would be right to do so. Yeah. I want to say Bruno Guimaraes. No? Uh, Bruno's not their best player. Well, all right. So I'm going to cross out Maximin. I don't want to say that it's Almiron. It's Almiron, really? No, okay, thank God. He's been he had a very good stretch, don't get me wrong. Um not Colin Wilson. No, somebody come up. on. Yeah. Trippier. Yeah. Yes. Karen Trippier has the highest average match rating. And I think it's he's played more minutes than Roderick. Not by much, he's but I think that's why he's highest. A ton of assists. 
Oh, also, free kick maestro. Really, really good. He is really good at that. Really, really good. Okay. Huh. What do I want to name? What do I... Mm. All right. True, false. Tottenham Hotspur, who have now regained the fourth position, yep. will finish fourth and have Champions League football next year. Let me look at the table real quick. They have 42 points. Newcastle have 41. Fulham have 38. Brighton have 35. Liverpool have 35. Hmm. I, you know, that's probably going to be true. I don't, I, it, it's either going to be between them or Newcastle. I don't see Fulham having enough in the tank to do it. I just don't see Brighton. If Evan Ferguson for uh, Brighton steps up again, and starts putting away more goals. I could see that possibly happening. Liverpool is Liverpool. We've discussed about it. We beat. It'd be beating a dead horse at this point. And Brighton at ninth, I think, are too far away. I think they have too many dips. They are a good team. I will give them that. They they did snag a point in the ninety fifth minute out of ninety six against uh, Crystal Palace. Um, so they do have that kind of tenacity, but I think the Spurs are actually well equipped to be that final Champions League spot. All right, all right. What's the um, next one? What is it? So, what is the AI system that everybody loves about right now? Chat GPT. Okay, Chat Chat GPT is going to take over for VAR. Or as a <laughs> That's a true false. Yes. <laughs> no, because they're 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 not. That's not how ChatGPT works. But I, I mean, my nerd so brain kind of it. freak out for a second. I, I know anyway. the AIs and AI will take over for um the video assistant. by like ever. Um, just just for the VAR situation. Not no, as but rep- like when. Give me a oh. time frame. Well, I wanted to put it as next year, but they won't. I don't think they'll have that. So I'll say two years from now. Still false. It, it is. To, so my issue is going to be that you use the word takeover. Yeah. I think that they could start implementing artificial intelligence to help them make decisions relatively okay. soon. Automatic line drawing was something that I think wouldn't be that hard to do. Well, um, that's why I wanted to but, bring up. An but AI taking over, taking over, we're a long way from. You know, it's like that old XKCD. It's like hey, I want to write an app that if a, someone takes a picture of a, you know, in a national park, it's taxed as being a national park, and the guy's like, "Great, I need a day and like twenty bucks." <laughs> oh, and by the way, if there's a bird in the picture, what type of bird it is? And he's like, okay, I need 10 years and a team of 20 people. <laughs> like, it, it scales so hard. So the ability to make the smart decisions is really hard. Now, AI being used to implement and make quicker decisions, probably, because people love the idea of that when you could just pay an intern. 
Like I, I deal with graphics all the time at work. I swear to God, I could do this. It's not hard. Mm-hmm. You have the brain that's built for it. Still have a referee in the in the shop to make the final decision. Yeah, sure. But it, it wouldn't be hard. But yes, I, I think false takeover. True that they will use it in some capacity. I still think within five years it's more realistic. Um, true, false. Arsenal, and I only because I haven't asked your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. True, false. Arsenal, when they secure Champions League football, by Declan Rice. True. Because I can't currently think of somebody else who would be more helpful and fit the system immediately than Declan Rice. Plus, it helps their registrations, like I had discussed about James Ward-Prowse being a good fit for somebody in the Champions League or European leagues. Tournaments. I can see it. I can see it. Um, Could... No, never mind. I was gonna say, could Chelsea snipe them out? But they don't. They're working with Nicola Conte to get uh, his contract worked with, and they're just their midfield's way too full to even consider Declan Rice being in the squad. Um, could he go somewhere else? Maybe Liverpool. Maybe. Or Liverpool's Liverpool's where we didn't actually bring this up. Um, and I, you didn't respond to me. So now Henry is saying that Liverpool is no longer for sale and they're looking for investors. And he said, I don't know what the hell's going on. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what's going on over there is very obvious. All the money that people are going to spend on Liverpool are now going to be spent on United. And I don't, I don't think whoever loses the United between Enios and the Qataris, I don't think whoever loses the United is going to take Liverpool as a consolation prize. I also, and I say this as someone who Henry owns one of my teams, he does like to win. People can say what they want about him. Mm -hmm. The Sox had not won a World Series in 86 years. And they bought the team, and a couple years later, we win the World Series, and we've won four. Mm -hmm. Liverpool had never won the Champions League, and he buys the team. And within several years, with just Man City being Man City – and Real being Real and all those things happening, they won the Champions League and they've won the Prem. He does like to win. And he does like to turn things around too, so. He doesn't Abramovich it. You know, he's not Steve Cohening it. No. For all the Mets fans out there. But he does like to win, and the Cronkies do the same thing. I was Cronky out for a long time, and you know what? I still don't love them. (laughs) But – you're not Arsenal are to top of the league. Yeah. The Avalanche won the Stanley Cup. They are good. The Rams won the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, their teams win. Yeah. I don't like what they did with St. Louis and the Rams. Yeah. And I'm not defending them, but they win in their own way. And there's that point. So I think John Henry, I, I think it's, well, I'm not going to get the money I want. I'm not going to get the money I thought I was going to, and I don't want to leave it. And I think most Liverpool people would, if they actually thought about it, would not like the fact that he left. Probably. 
because it's not like he would have the the only way it would have brought in more money is if it was a Qatari or an oil-based person. Uh, I don't think there's enough Todd Bullies out there to you know fill that gap. There's not. All right, hit me with the last one. Um. Okay. So we kind of, we. I mean, glossed over this, but I think true or false is Patrick Vieira on the hot seat. False, only because they're sitting twelfth, and I don't think that they're going to end up in a relegation battle. I don't think they'll end up in a relegation battle either. I just think the players that they have, uh, Wilfred Zaha, uh, Michael Olise, uh, Eze, um, I think Guaita is a good player too, their goalkeeper. Um, I think they've missed on a few players like Atsenadaro uh, and Mateta. Um, I think that sounds right. Um, I think those couple players have missed. Um, but if he doesn't get in, I think if he doesn't get in the top 10, I think they'll consider looking for another head coach. I, I don't think so just because Palace isn't that kind of team right now. And they know it. They see how competitive the top 10 is. Fulham came out of nowhere. Villa's on their way up. Brighton's doing great. You know, Newcastle has shot up the table and are probably going to be there to stay. You know, the, the big six may become the big seven with the amount of money they're about to have behind them. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think Crystal Palace is smart enough to realize that that's not where they're at. Also, Zaha is now the wrong side of 30 and injured. He has six goals. He doesn't even make their top five of top-rated players. I like Zaha. I think he's a very good player. But I don't think Patrick Vieira is on the hot seat for the same reason why I don't think Brennan Rodgers is on the hot seat anymore. And you look at Leicester, and you have Madison and Vardy and Tielemans, and you still are – as bad as you are, but for a lot of teams, they're going to be happy that they're staying in the Premier League and they're not in a relegation. Fair enough. I would now, should should Vieira maybe be in the hot seat? Probably. Yeah. But there's enough teams worse than him that he's going to be given the time. He's also an old school. You put your nose in the dirt and you want it more and you're disciplined more and you just beat it out of the other guy type of manager. And they need to have the type of players to actually do that. They have a lot of good technical players. And that's why I was – my thing was is he's been there for two and a half years or something like that, I want to say. Maybe three even. Um, When does the boredness – when does it start to kick in that he's just not getting it to click? That's that's what I want. Or that's what I was trying to get. He's been there for a year and a half. Just kidding. It feels like two and a half years, though. Um, the last several years have felt like that, but July 2021. Good for him. So a little over a year and a half. Okay. Through a pandemic, which you know hit Palace harder than almost anybody. Yeah. Because they don't have the jersey sales and whatever to be able to rebound off that. You know, that would be a team to go and buy if you're like a, a millionaire, a well functioning millionaire. 
a functioning millionaire. <laughs> most most people exist, but okay. All right. Here's my last one. And it's uh -huh. a doozy. It takes a little bit of lead up, but we're going to do it. We look at the table right now. Yeah. Arsenal have a game in hand. They're two points ahead of City. They played 23 games. They have 45 possible points left. They certainly do. Man City have 52 points. They played 24 games. Quick and easy math. They have 42 possible points left. Yep. 54 plus 45. 99. Arsenal have been dropping points lately. City have not won four straight games, which is very un-City-like. Mm -hmm. City at no point this year have won four straight games. Interesting. For the first time in years, true or false, the league winners, the champions of the Premier League, will have less than 90 points. Less than 90 points, you think so? No, that's my question. I'm not telling you what I think. No, but I don't think that's – I think that's false. I just – I don't know. So you, you're saying that well, because City, I, Arsenal are going to not drop nine more points. Yeah. I guess technically ten more points between now and the end of the season. Sure. Or, or City are not going to drop – just some quick math. City are not going to drop five more points. It's possible. I know it's possible. I'm asking what you think. You think that's not going to happen? Uh, yes. I I back what I said. Okay. Okay. I think both teams are quality, and I still think that even if they aren't wins, they'll get draws. So out of that 45, we'll say like, Four of them are draws. No, we'll even say so. Forty-five. Four, I'm not every draw minus is two. So two times four is eight. So okay. if they draw so four times one. and don't lose any, but Arsenal still have to play City away. I still think it's uh, probable, and I think it's somebody will have ninety points at the end of the season. So the, looking forward, and I know this is me on my high perch, top of the league, look at me. Looking forward, Fulham away scares me a little bit. Not a lot. I'm not shaking in my boots, but scared. Yeah. Not scared for Anfield. Arteta has been preparing them for Anfield for so long, and those are two teams just passing each other. I think we're going to be fine there. Normally, I'd say absolute loss, but I think we're fine right now. Mm -hmm. So there's City away. There's Newcastle away. That's not till May. If Newcastle continue on their downward trend, that's suddenly not that scary of a game. Nope. It was a scary game a couple of hours ago, and Newcastle got a tough nil-nil draw at the Emirates. They never looked like they were going to score, but they also didn't let us score. Apart from that, I don't know where I, I don't know where we drop points. So if we draw to Fulham and we lose to City, that is five possible points lost. That puts us at ninety-four. So I can't believe that Arsenal will score ninety-four points because I'm an Arsenal fan and I have been for a very long time. <laughs> but I do think you're right. I think that's true. I, I mean, I think that's false. I think that whoever wins the league will have over ninety. Yep. 
But this is the first time in a while that we can even have this conversation in the end of February that maybe not. So You know, in 2015-16 season, Leicester won with 81 points, right? True. Um, but that was the last time it's been that low in a long time. And Arsenal had 71 points. Yes, I know. had 70. I'm, I'm, uh-huh. And then Man City had 66. That was actually the last time that we got to celebrate Sir Tottenham's day, and that was on the last day of the season. Yeah. So, anyway, um, that is Swinging at Chins for match days 23 and 24. Um, you can see us on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok. You can find our parent channel, Wicked Good Sports, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on TikTok. Mm-hmm. All the descriptions for everything are in the link below. I am getting out of here because we have to go immediately record with Brian literally right after this. Do not expect us to be wearing anything different if you're watching us instead of listening. It's true. But however you're doing it, if you have been with us for the last hour and 25 minutes, thank you very much. God bless your soul. We appreciate all of it. And go watch our joint episode. It'll only be (laughs) an extra 25 minutes. It'll be fine. More or less. All right. See you guys. Toodles, everybody. Well, guys, that was an episode of Swinging at Shins. We appreciate you for coming out and listening to us. If you guys want to hear or see more, we have links in the description below. We hope to hear from you soon and hear more about what you have to say.